Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are so honored and delighted that you are here today. Appreciate you joining us for episode 173 of the podcast. Now, before we get to today's guest and uh, today's conversation, one of the things that I've mentioned to you the past few weeks, if you haven't already, you need to make sure you do this. We've got a brand new free training that we're offering, teaching you exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So if you haven't already, you definitely want to stop by EliteSpeakerWorkshops.com. Again, that is Elite speakerworkshop.com. We're going to be walking through a step-by-step system on exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements. At the end of that, we talk through a little bit of uh, how you could actually have a call with ourselves, our team, us helping you to better implement some of these strategies in your own business. So if you're looking for that handholding and support, you definitely want to check out EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com, EliteSpeakerWorkshop.com. All right. So once again, we are back here with uh, our co-host, Melanie Diesel. We've had her on for the past couple of weeks. And we've got one more week after this one. And uh, just trying a different format this month of having a co-host with us. So today, Melanie and I are going to be discussing uh, the topic of the blooper reel. What are the things that can go wrong on stage? What are things that can go wrong before an event? And how to handle those situations? So we're going to be talking about what do you do if you're running late to an event? You know, or you have travel issues? What do you do if you're feeling sick before you go speak? What do you do if your time got cut short for whatever reason? What do you do if you have tech issues, microphone issues, or slides, or the clicker? You know, those type of things that happen. What if you you start uh, having a trouble with a an audience member? What do you do in those situations? So we're going to walk through the various types of situations. We're going to share some war stories, pull back some of the wounds that we've had, but at the same time, tell you exactly what you need to be doing in these situations and circumstances. So lots to learn here, lots to get into. So let's not waste any more time. Enjoy this conversation with Melanie and myself all about the blooper reel and uh, what to do when things go wrong. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Hey, today we are joined once again by Miss Co-host. Miss Co-host? Yeah, you know, I'll take it. Co-host, Miss Melanie Diesel. How are you? It's me. What up, what up? <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So uh, today we are chatting about a bit of a blooper reel, right? This is something that was requested <laughs> from some people and asking about basically what can go wrong on stage, what can go wrong before an event, and uh, what to do and how to handle it. So yeah, um, yeah there's, there's a, a lot we got to cover here today. A lot of stories we're going to share. Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of this stuff, like, it's going to happen to you at some point. We're in the live show business, right? I mean, everything we're doing is live. We have, presumably, every time we're doing it, we have a different crew. We have different technology. So, you know, it's bound to happen at some point. And I think a lot of it, I don't know about your experience, 
everything bad happens to you once and then you realize it's not that big of a deal and you're not afraid of that thing happening ever again because you know you'll survive. Yeah. So hopefully we can share some of our uh, our first time confessions and, and we'll save some other people the trouble. All right, let's get into <laughs> it. So one of the first things, even before you get to the event, one of the things that can happen from time to time is you're running late to the event or you're having travel issues or there's some type of challenge that's inhibiting you from getting there in a speedy manner in the manner that you had anticipated. So I know for me, I've had this happen numerous times. I remember early on driving to an event and getting pulled over and getting a ticket. That was fun. I've also uh, got a ticket uh, driving home from an event as well. So I've got it both ways. I remember one time driving to an event and getting a flat tire. Oh, no. And just like, it's like just panicking, like, oh my gosh, got to be at this event. I went to, it was like, I don't remember like how I, uh, pumped it up enough to get to somewhere to get it fixed. Maybe I, I changed mm-hmm. the tire, which I can't imagine me being able to do, but getting to <laughs> somewhere where I told them like, Hey, I got to be at this, this event in the next few minutes and asked them to just go like NASCAR, change the tire mode. And they knocked it out. That happened one time. I remember one time driving it through a blizzard to get to an event. So just all these things oh, that are just no. crazy that happened, just trying to get to the event itself. What, what about you? What, what are some things that have happened? The biggest one for me is I had been going to an event in Berlin and I've been to this event before. It's for an organization that I'm on the board of. So it's pretty familiar. Uh, We ran into some horrible weather on this flight over and we got diverted all the way to Moscow first. So we had downtime there. We had like an emergency landing. Weather looks like it's clearing up. We pick up again. Just kidding. Now we're back down in Prague. You know, so I could not get there. I could not get to this event. And I was so stressed out the whole time. And it's international. So, you know, I don't have like great phone service. I can't really like call an email as efficiently as I would. And, you know, it was just such a stressful experience. After that, I made a rule that I never fly in on a speaking day. So I never have to worry about that. Now, I know that that's a schedule preference. And, you know, some people might not dig that. My rule is I I fly in the day before, I get a good night's sleep, and that way, no matter what time the next day my session is, as long as my schedule allows, I'm never going to run into that issue because God forbid, you know, I miss a flight or I have a situation, at least I'm going to get in still with enough time to make it to the event. So that's how I account for it is just extreme planning and trying to reduce the possibility of that ever happening. But what do you do? I mean, what do you do if it's out of your control? You you get a flat tire, there's a a blizzard, you know, you're diverted somewhere. How do you kind of manage this kind of thing? Yeah, there's a few different things that I I try to do, especially when flights are involved or or sometimes whether it is driving or not. But one thing is like recognize like what you can and can't control, right? There's some things that you can't control the weather. You can't control that there's a mechanical issue on the flight. You can't control that there was, do you remember this was a while back, but wasn't there like a, um, like some type of volcano in like Iceland or Greenland yes. or something. And like there are flights yeah. that couldn't go to and from Europe or something like yep. absurd, you know? And there's that volcano like, wasn't your fault. Yeah, like you can't do <laughs> anything about that. Now, having said that is you have to recognize like as a speaker who's trying to get to an event, like I have a general rule, like do everything you absolutely have to do to get to the event. So for example, I remember one of the first events I got booked for years ago was I was flying in the night before, but speaking the next morning and the the night before flight got canceled and ended up just being like, 
I have to be there and just driving through the night and getting to the hotel at, you know, like three or four in the morning and having to be up and ready to speak at 7am, you know, like yeah. you do whatever you have to do. I had a, a speaker friend who called me early in his career and said, Hey, here's my scenario. Flight was canceled or can't make the flight or whatever. Uh, what do I do? And I asked him like, how, how far is the drive? And he was like, kind of laughing. I was like, I'm totally serious. You like, if it's yeah. reasonable, like and realistic, then you need to start driving. You need to do absolutely anything you yeah. possibly can to, to get there. I had a similar situation. So, you know, in the New York area, we've got three airports. There's JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark. My flight and every other flight to Denver out of JFK had been canceled. And I was telling the guy, I'm like, you don't understand. I need to be on stage in Denver tomorrow. What can you do? And he's like, there's nothing I can do for you here. The only thing you could do is go to the other airport, go to LaGuardia, you know, get a cab to LaGuardia, see if any other airline can get you to LA so that you can take a connection in the morning from LA to Denver. Now that makes no sense. You know, New York all the way to LA to Denver and taking a cab to another airport. But it was the same thing. It was like, I gotta be there. I gotta be on that stage at two o'clock tomorrow. I don't have a choice. Let's make this happen. (laughs) Another thing too, I always like to do, especially when I'm traveling is to always be thinking a few steps ahead and be very proactive in determining what the plan B might be. So for example, let's say that you're, I can think of a couple of times where I've been in Denver and there's snow on the way, or let's say this happened at the time of this recording last week, we had some of our team that was here in town that we were meeting with. One of them, everyone had scheduled flights, but there was some snow coming into the area and recognizing that beforehand and saying, okay, we need to, we need to move some stuff around in our schedule to Mm -hmm. make sure you get out on time. Otherwise she would have been stranded here. That would have been a bad deal. So recognizing some of those things before it becomes an issue, always, whenever I'm, especially if I'm at an airport or if I'm calling the airline already have like looked up my plan B. So instead of saying, I got to be here and I'm not there, you know, like, how do I make this happen? Can you solve my problem? But saying, Hey, I already looked it up. Can you change me to flight, you know, two, three, four at this time? Cause that'll get me to where I need to be. Or like you kind of mentioned, sometimes it's maybe I can, for whatever reason, all the flights into that area are sold out, but can I, what's the closest other airport? Maybe it's a two hour drive maybe it's a five hour drive, but I'm getting a step closer and I'm always trying to like just get a step closer in the journey. So like you said, maybe it is the next step is flying to LA and, but just LA to, or flying through Chicago or Dallas or some other market that just gets you a step closer to where you, you need to be. So always looking for that uh, plan B and always trying to figure out what the, the next step is. The other thing I would say is throughout the entire process, it is critically important to keep the client updated. Let them know what's going on. Let them know that you've thought it through. Let them know what the current status is or the current situation, because you never want to be on their end going like, are they going to show up? Are they going to make it? I don't know. (laughs) So I always try to just think of a situation a couple years ago, flying to North Dakota and speaking that night. And it was in... (laughs) It was in December, which events in North Dakota in December aren't (laughs) the most glamorous. But knowing from them immediately, like my early morning flight was delayed significantly. I was going to miss my connection, yada, yada, and just kind of this Uh. trickle down effect. But letting them know from the very first thing in the morning when that first thing happens, not when it's like two hours before the event and you're like, oh, crap, I'm, you know, I'm still in Denver. I can't make it there. But letting them know throughout of, hey, here's where things are at. I'm already working on it. I just want to keep you in the loop. But letting them know what's going on. On so that you've thought it through and you've prepared for it. it. It makes it easier for them for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that communication is so key. 
not only because, you know, you want to do the right thing and not have them be stressed, but also they may be able to present solutions that you're not aware of. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was supposed to go to an event in Charlotte and I had someone say, this happens a lot with the Charlotte, you know, Charlotte Hungerford airport. I think it is like try flying into Raleigh and it's actually not a big deal. You can drive down pretty easy from there. And I never would have thought of that. I don't know the area well enough to have made that game time decision, you know, or, you know, I've had someone say, find this other airport. I'll pick you up and drive you the rest of the way. So you may be able to buy being open with them about these things, they can probably help you figure out a solution. And then once you actually get to the event, I think it's important to really just kind of stop, pause, take a deep breath and just, (laughs) yeah, just reset yourself. Like I remember that blizzard event in North Dakota, getting to my hotel. I remember that the event or the session had already started and the client knew I was there. They knew I was on site. We're just going to my room and just taking a few seconds of Okay, let's gather ourselves. All those people in that room (laughs) do not care what happened today for me to get there. I'm not going to go up and tell my my sob story, but I have to go. I just have to still go up and deliver. So I need to get it together, put all of that in the past, all the, you know, the other event with the, with the flat tire, like none of that stuff matters now. I have to gather it together and make sure I still deliver on stage. That's going to come up again and again. Like, don't bring it on stage. Whatever the right. problem is, like, you don't throw someone under the bus. You don't give a sob story. You don't ask for sympathy. Like, your job, no matter what kind of craziness is going on, is to show up and do your thing and do it well. You know, it's funny. Then the next one we're talking about, the thing that can go horribly wrong is when you're feeling sick. Yeah. And I think this is sometimes this is one of the hardest times, right? Because this is like, I could get there, but I just don't know if I have it in me. Maybe, you know, you don't have enough energy. Maybe you're just gross looking and you, sh- you shouldn't be up there. You don't want to be shaking hands and touching people. You know, it's you're, not you're leaking contagious. out of your face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the best thing you could do, obviously, you know, you got to take good care of yourself and try to prevent these kind of things from happening. If you're getting good sleep, you're treating your body right, you're getting, you know, you're drinking enough fluids and eating right, avoiding those vices that tend to, to break down our immune system. You give yourself the best chance of not having to be in this situation, but it's going to happen at some point. And I think in my experience, a lot of the advice is kind of the same as what we talked about when you run into travel issues, like do your best, communicate openly and acknowledge the things that you don't have control over. For me, I remember I had traveled to Bulgaria to give this keynote, which is an experience in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I had a, a morning session the night before I was struck with a terrible migraine, like in bed, tears flowing. I thought my whole head was going to explode. And I took migraine medicine. Uh, I was like, you know what? I didn't have enough time to really have an alternate plan. You know, there yeah. wasn't enough time for me to find a sub or ask them to switch the schedule because it was really the middle of the night beforehand. So I kind of like, just gave myself a pep talk and said, like, it's 30 minutes. Yeah. It's only 30 minutes. I can do this. Now, what I did is I let them know I'm not going to be available for questions. I'm not going to do mingling. I'm taking a cab there. I'm given the 30 minutes and then I'm back home in bed. Yeah. And it was the only way I was able to get through it. But sometimes you just have to muscle through so long as you're not contagious and, you know, causing problems you for other people. You don't have to wear a hazmat suit. But yeah, yeah. even the kind of you, you touched on there, like oftentimes for speakers, being on stage is a very high adrenaline experience. And so sometimes yeah. it's like, I feel like crap right before I get on stage and I feel like crap as soon as I get <sighs> off stage. But while I'm on stage there, then I, I feel good and, you know, the, the adrenaline's pumping. But yeah, I think as a general rule, like if at all possible, like the show must go on. Like you don't uh-huh. want to 
leave the client high and dry. You don't want to leave them in a bad situation. So like you mentioned, resting as much as possible, leading up to the presentation, drinking lots of fluids. I know, I think you do the same thing, like especially, like just in general, drinking a lot of water, but especially when I'm traveling, drink a lot of water, stay very, very hydrated. The other thing too is I just travel with um, a little thing of hand sanitizer and I'm constantly mm-hmm. like airports, Everywhere. airplanes, hotels, <laughs> just nasty when you think yeah. about it. So just, you know, you're, you're shaking hands with people. So constantly washing your hands, just again, little things that you're doing to make sure you're staying healthy. The other thing that I think is important, um, and I've known a few speakers who do this, I I think it's tough. You know, you got to keep as much of your routine the same when you're on the road as when you're home. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing. I don't mean necessarily you must get up at the same time and eat the same breakfast. But if you have this like ultra healthy persona when you're at home and you're drinking green juice and going to the gym every day, and then when you're on the road, you're not going to the gym, you're not eating right, you know, you're getting fast food, then your body's going to go into some sort of crazy shock. And the same is true in reverse. I know some people who like only go to hotel gyms and and then, you know, they wonder why they're not feeling up to snuff when they're home. Right. So, you know, try your best to establish those healthy routines in adaptable ways so that you can, you're not sending your body into shock when you're going into different time zones or in a different environment. Try to keep your body healthy as you, you shift modes all the time. Yeah. And we actually did a, a podcast uh, episode recently, episode 166, 166 with Sean Stevenson, just talking about how to stay healthy when you're speaking on the road. Because yeah, you're you're right that your schedule is kind of thrown off. You may be in a different time zone that may be an hour different, and maybe you know 10, 15 hours difference. And you have to give yourself enough time to adjust to that. So you you by the time you do hit the stage, you do feel healthy, you do feel strong, and and you, uh, you ultimately feel ready to go. And I think while we're talking about sickness, just note that burnout is very real too. There's a difference between being sick and being burnt out. And I think for a lot of new speakers, there's a lot of pressure to like say yes to every gig. And like, you know, we were talking about with travel, you get a horrible layover, you know, you agree to it because you just want to be there, but you do have to look out for yourself because you can only do so much. You're only a human. So, you know, do your best to prevent that. So let's say that you get to the event, you made it, you survived, hallelujah, you're feeling all right, you're ready to go. Uh But uh, let's talk about some things that happen in the session itself. Let's say this happens from time to time where there's a a previous speaker and they go either way over on time, your time's cut short, they need you to go longer. (laughs) Something is dramatically thrown off with the amount of time. You prepared for a a 60 minute talk, they need you to cut it to 30 or they need you to do a little bit longer. How do you, that's not uncommon at all. So how do you, how do you deal with those, those scenarios? You know, I think it sounds like we're going to sound like a broken record here, but I think you just got to figure it out. You know, that is your job as a professional. You can't go up there and say, well, you know, because Grant decided he needed 15 (laughs) more minutes. Now you guys don't get to hear my cool story. You know, you've got to keep it together. No one should be any the wiser, like whether regardless of any of these things, you need to keep it professional and adjust. I think we've talked about this in the past on, on past episodes, but being aware of those things within your content, you know, your speech that you can expand or contract, you know, whether it's telling one less story or giving an additional example where you can kind of expand or contract things, you get to be the hero. You get to be the person who says to that organizer, don't worry about it. I've got your back. We'll be back on schedule by the end of my time. Yeah. And again, just looking for those opportunities of things that you can do to help the overall experience. So like being preemptive on it, especially of going to the client mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, I know that we're running a little bit behind schedule. I know that lunch ran long. I know that that morning session ran long. So I know that I'm slated for this. I can still do that amount, but if you need me to cut a little bit so we can get back on schedule and get caught up, I'm totally happy to do that. You know, whatever I can do to, to help again, remember you're there to serve the client. You're there to serve the audience. So 
do that. Don't just say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm the prima donna speaker. Everyone's here to see me, but I'm mm-hmm. there to make the, the client's life easier. And so those type of things can definitely make a big difference. Like you mentioned, not throwing anybody under the bus, you know, not being demanding or getting upset, just being <laughs> flexible with that. I can tell you that even with all of that, sometimes it still doesn't help. This happened a couple of years ago. I was speaking in Indiana. They hired me to do a one-day event doing the opening keynote and the closing keynote. And it was just kind of like a, it was like a nine o'clock to four o'clock type of an event, right? Mm-hmm. So opening and closing. So they had a bunch of people who had, I don't think it was weather. I don't know what it was, but they had a bunch of people who had issues getting there on time. So they pushed the start of it significantly. And it started way late. And it just, the day kept like really stretching on and on and on. Uh-huh. Well, I had booked my flight and they'd known this. I'd communicated this. My flight was, I don't know, let's say six o'clock or something. So basically like we're going to do the closing keynote and then we got to head to the airport pretty quick. Uh-huh. Well, the day kept going on and on and on to the point where like the event is going to go on and on and on. And the session that I'm supposed to be speaking in, I'm in the back of the room with the other like kind of co-host event planner and telling them like, hey, you know, I got to head to the airport and yet they're expecting me to be on stage here in a few minutes. Like I'm just doing the mental math in, in my head like, going like my talk just went from 30 minutes to 20 minutes to 10 minutes to I need to leave for the airport. And so eventually I, I they told me, they they said, hey, you just need to go. You need to, I know that you're contracted for two talks and, but you know, this is our fault and we screwed up the schedule here. <laughs> Uh, and it felt so awkward leaving when the session was still going on that technically I was supposed to be speaking in. But again, my job was to be there to serve. Here's what we can do. Here's how we can help and be flexible with it. But at the same time, like recognizing like, again, they're so far off track and mm-hmm. we've done what we can to help them get back on track. There's there's not a lot else that we could have done there. And to your point, when you can make an adjustment and be that person who's able to, to save the day, yeah. it generally leads to better relationships and better opportunities down the line. So I have a series of, of marketing conferences that I've been a part of. We had an incident at one of the events you know, a few months back where, unfortunately, there was bad weather somewhere else in the country, like we talked about, and three speakers from the lineup oh, were not able to make it. So what they did is those of us who were there, they had asked us, do you have a second talk you could give during so-and-so session? Do you have a second talk you yep. can give during this other session to try to fill those gaps? Now, one of the people who they couldn't fill was a closing keynote. So a, a colleague of mine, a fellow speaker, stepped up and said, I have another talk. I've given it as a keynote before. Now, mind you, this is like an hour beforehand. He's already given his speech. He's about ready to go. And he stood up and said, I will give the closing keynote with an hour's notice. That worked out so well for him because now they see him not only as a keynote speaker instead of a breakout session speaker, but as someone they can count on. And so he's been booked for subsequent keynotes with them. That ability to jump in, to be flexible, to help them save the day when scheduling goes wrong, you know, and they need to fill a gap. His ability to have that extra content has helped him move up to the next level. So being ready to adapt to someone else's time problem, it can be very helpful. Yeah, that's such a good example of the speaker who my, my guess is like that client may not even remembered what that keynote was about. They just uh-huh. remembered they were in a bind and the, that speaker stepped up and saved the day, right? Yep. And so those type of things, you don't have to tell your sob story to the audience, but maybe uh, I've made sure the client knew like I drove through the night to get here because that's how important your event was. Uh-huh. And not from again, like a bragging pat on the back, look at me, but I just wanted to know like, hey, this is a big deal that I'm, I'm here and it's yeah. crazy getting here and it's crazy, but hey, we're good to go. We're ready. But again, they remember the effort and they would just as much remember like, ah, like he didn't come and he yep. could have came. And I, I spoke at a conference. Never again. Uh, yeah. I spoke at a conference a few months ago 
in fact, and there was a little weather issues, but it was an international gig and, and uh, one of the speakers on the slate couldn't make it. And it was kind of like somewhat known that like you probably could have made it. You didn't try real hard. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a running joke at the conference. And that speaker kind of got a bad rap for that in that context and in that environment, you know. And so, so yeah, do everything you possibly can to get there. And if something happens and, you know, you, you roll with it and adjust accordingly. So, all right. So let's say at this point you're on stage and technical things happen. They, they happen <laughs> frequently. The so microphones, slides, clickers. How do you deal with those things that have happened? These have happened to me so many times. I think I'm like numb to it now. I don't think, I think I've lost all sense of feeling about technology <laughs> these days. Obviously, I know, Grant, you're not a slides guy uh -huh. uh, and you've got your microphone preferences. So maybe you don't run into this stuff as much. But I mean, I've had catastrophic microphone issues and slide issues. It is something that you kind of just have to, again, you got to roll with the punches. So I remember I was doing this workshop. It was about 150, 200 people in this smaller room. I had the microphone, it was a, a headset microphone, and it started doing that horrible high-pitched screeching sound yeah. that microphones make that no one no one wants to hear. Yeah. And I couldn't get it to stop. I wasn't moving, I wasn't like near a speaker. There was no seeming seemingly no reason for this thing happening. So all I could think to do in the moment was this is horrible for everyone. I don't want them to experience this. I just switched the pack off, you know, from my back pocket. I took it off, I put it on the podium, and I figured the tech guys are gonna get the hint that like yeah. this thing needs to be you know, fixed. Right. And then I just walked over to the center of the stage and I hopped down. So I was closer to people and I said, y'all can still hear me now. Right. And they were like, yeah, you know, they're excited yeah. because now there's not some horrible pterodactyl <laughs> noise. <throughout the> room. <laughs> and, you know, we went on like that for a good few minutes while the tech guys were able to get another one and put it up on the podium, which I took as my signal, like, all right, I can go back and, and put that on. But yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen. The battery is going to die or yep. it's going to make a weird noise or you're going to, bump into it or you know your necklace and your hair is going to hit it more of a meat problem yeah. than a yeah. meat problem. I hate but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean that stuff's going to happen with a microphone especially and you just kind of got to roll with the punches the big thing here and i can't stress this enough is like do not bad mouth your tech guys yeah they did not wake up this morning and say, I sure hope we have microphone problems. Right, that right. is not what they want any more than it's what you want. And they are trying and they're stressed and they're trying to fix it without being noticed or causing a disruption to your experience. So they're your allies. Uh, try your best not to blame anyone. No one wants that stuff to happen. Yeah, no, I've had the same, especially with microphones, the, the batteries died or it's kind of cutting in and out or mm -hmm. when you stand in a certain spot, it, you're only catching every few words. And like those just type of scenarios that you just didn't know were going to happen. You can't, and you just have to adjust for. So one of the things that you can do or two things I'd say. One would be to try to figure out a plan B even beforehand. So yep. if I'm in a conference setting and they're giving me like a nice like headset microphone, just asking them, hey, if this, if I have an issue, is there a handheld backup? Sometimes they'll point out, hey, if mm -hmm. you start having issues and you need to switch mics, we'll have this mic. It's just going to be sitting right here, ready to go. Yep. And not making a big deal out of it. Well, apparently this mic's not working, so I'm going to switch yeah. to this. Like, you don't have to call this out or give a play-by-play. -play. Just switch <laughs> mics, you know? Yeah. The other thing too is, and you you kind of touched on this with the scenario where the mic's not working, you take off the headset and hop on uh, on the floor and keep talking, is the audience takes their cues from you. If something's not a big deal to you, it's not a big deal to the audience. But if you're right. like panicking and freaking out and I don't know how to handle this and my, does anybody have a microphone? You know, and you start freaking <laughs> out, then the audience starts like, oh man, this is awkward. This is uncomfortable. But if it's not a big deal to you, it's not a big deal to them. So make sure that you react accordingly and the audience is like, oh, all right, we're good. We're we'll rolling with it. And it's totally fine. Yeah. 
the other thing that can happen in this, again, you, you roll without the slide, so maybe you get to avoid this unique form of, of torture. Um, occasionally, you'll have some sort of issue with the slides displaying properly, you know, whether the screen goes out completely and you've got no slides or, you know, there's some sort of formatting issue and now everything is all in the wrong place or the wrong size. You know, again, you want to do everything you can to mitigate that. So my recommendation is always to do this as a PDF if you can avoid it, right? The tech guys always love me because I walk up and I say, I've got no video and I've got no audio. So you've got nothing to worry about because those are the two things that never work and it's uncomfortable for everyone. Instead of using animations where you click and something moves or changes, I just have it as two separate slides. I hit next and now it looks like it animates. So trying to mitigate some of those issues so you're not running into keynote versus PowerPoint problems or different formats by having it as a PDF, it's less likely to be an issue. So try to do that. But I mean, I had a situation where I was doing a speech internationally. I had asked all the right questions, right? I knew the the projector. I knew the formatting, everything. I had done it as a PDF. I don't know what was going on, but when they put it up there on the projector, it, it was formatted all sorts of funky ways. The color was off. Things were in the wrong place. And unfortunately, everyone who was working this event spoke Spanish and I did not not fluently enough to explain a tech problem anyway. And so we really couldn't communicate with each other. And so I had to take a deep breath about five minutes before and realize like, this is what I got to work with. And, uh, you know, we're just going to make it happen. And what I did is I just, like you said, if it's not a big deal to you, it's not a big deal to them. I got up on stage and I said, I didn't realize that the PowerPoint uh, spoke Spanish here. So I'm sorry for anything lost in translation. And then I just kind of went through it. And if something needed to be explained more clearly because of the way it was showing up, I would just explain it. And I just kind of left it at that. Um, You know, I think one of the I kind of have a policy against apologizing on stage because I think like you're saying, you kind of like, it sets the tone strange, you know, it creates a a weird power imbalance. So I always just try to to roll with it and and make it not such a big deal. Totally. And I I was, and you kind of alluded to like, I tend to not use slides. Slides can be a great tool, but one of the rules I always tell people is if you are going to use slides, they need to be an enhancement and not a replacement for your talk. Meaning Mm -hmm. let's say that five minutes before your talk or five minutes into your talk, the slides just don't work, that your talk is still good, that the talk still stands on its own. And it's not, I think of like, um, my wife was at a conference about a year ago and she texted me and said, Hey, I'm sitting in a session and the speaker insists that they can't start because their slides aren't working. This is like 15 minutes into the session, you know, and wow. like, you're not ready to speak. Then you, you need to make sure that, Oh man, that sucks that the slides don't work, but we're good. And we just keep going on. Not like, it work. like you said, not apologizing. Well, normally I'd show you a picture of this mm-hmm. thing. Normally I had this pretty graph to show you. Like the audience didn't know that. So you don't need to share that with them and you just keep, you keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And the same thing's going to happen with the clicker. I mean, you know, again, this is more of an issue if you have slides, but inevitably I've had the situation where you press it, nothing happens. So you press it again and suddenly you're two or three slides ahead. You just got to roll with it. You can't, oh, sorry, let me go back and make it weird. And now everyone's waiting and you're going to make people uncomfortable. You just got to roll with it. (laughs) <laughs> I think sometimes in those situations too, that I think the more, not necessarily the more often that that happens, but when that happens, that you have kind of a mental line queued up of what you can say mm-hmm. so that you, it's oftentimes the way that like a comedian will deal with a heckler, right? Mm-hmm. That it seems like, oh, they just made that up on the, off the top of their head, but it's a line that they've used a lot in that environment. You know, someone, I remember, um, I heard a speaker say one time, uh, and I saw them use this a couple of times that when someone would sneeze like really loud, he would kind of pause, everyone would kind of snicker and be like, did someone just punt a chipmunk? 
Like it was just a <laughs> random, it seemed like, oh, he's just making that up, but it's a line he used in that specific situation several times. So, oh, the, you know, the clicker all of a sudden wasn't working. And so all of a sudden that's several slides ahead. And so mm-hmm. making some reference that feels you like. You guys got all that, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it just feels like you're just, that's the first time you've said it, but it's, yeah. you know, in those situations that this is a go-to line that you can, you can use. So, all right. So Definitely. speaking of like the environment, especially when it comes to audience, there are some audiences are better than others. And sometimes things happen. The talk is going great. Technology is cooperating. But sometimes something happens in the audience. You know, sometimes maybe a heckler. I don't know. Have you ever had a heckler? I don't know that I have. You know, I don't get hecklers so much because I don't think I'm in an industry where people are, if someone feels really strongly about content marketing and they want to come heckle me, more power to them. I'm glad they're passionate. But I think what I get more often in my industry, specifically at marketing or industry conferences, is you get people who their goal in asking a question or saying something is really to showcase what they know, right? They're trying to like take a little bit of that expert power away from you by dominating a, they're not really asking a question in their Q and a, or they're kind of just showing off for themselves. And I think if you're not prepared for that sort of thing, it could really throw you off. And again, if you get flustered, people are going to notice that that takes your power away from your position too. So one of the things that I've, I've tried my best to do is kind of reframe what they're saying as a question that could apply more generally. So kind of like yes and them a little bit and make it you that's giving the value. So if someone in my case, like this is really difficult though, if you're one of these industries and it doesn't work for me and I'll say, that is a concern that I hear a lot that people think this might not work for them. But in fact, you can blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for your question and moving right right on. You know, you've (laughs) got to reframe it and take some of that control back because you are on the stage, you are in a position of power and, and you should own that. What about also those environments where you're, you're speaking and maybe it's not like a combative type of environment, but something happens that becomes this elephant in the room. Again, someone sneezes real loud mm-hmm. or someone's cell phone is going off or oh, yeah. or people are, are talking does. or people are leaving or people are coming and going in the environment. Anything that you do in those type of scenarios just to like call out the elephant in the room? I mean, yeah, I think I kind of have the approach like you talked about, almost like a bit, right? Just acknowledging it. And I try really hard to just laugh with people, right? If I know that everyone thinks something is awkward or funny, like I'm going to just agree with them. It's awkward or funny. I was at this conference once, actually the one in, in Bulgaria that I mentioned before where Bulgaria I had this Bulgaria was a great trip for you. It was a little crazy, <laughs> but the introduction they hadn't prepared me for, there was a smoke machine and lasers and this really <laughs> dramatic music. And so I walked out and I went, well, that was a little much, don't you think? <laughs> and everyone kind of laughed because it was obvious, you know, yeah. like I'm just this tiny person and it was like right. all this craziness, like a rock concert. And I was like, you know, I didn't always get so much fanfare. And I kind of went into my origin story to kind of soften the intro because otherwise it just would have been silly to ignore the <laughs> fact that there was like a, a minute long video with lasers and smoke. So when that kind of stuff happens or I've had like a fire alarm go off, yeah. I think I said something like, content marketing is hot, guys. It's hot, you know, and everyone was kind of laughing. You kind of just play along with it, I guess. Yeah, have- I've, I've had a few of those <laughs> scenarios. Um, I remember speaking at a, um, uh, it was a camp several years ago, and it was kind of an outdoor, like, metal building, and there was a big hailstorm, and there's hail, like, pounding on the building, and you just feel like this whole building is going to collapse at any moment. <laughs> We're all going to die, and I'm up here on stage. You know, it's just calling those, those goofy things out, or, yeah. you know, someone's cell phone going off, or continuing to go off. A couple times, I've, I've, I've said, hey, can I, can I answer that? 
and just answering it right then, you know, and some of it, again, depends on the context. And sometimes it, yeah. it depends on the environment in a really professional environment. And it's, you're more of a formal type of speaker that may be hard to pull off. And so some of it is just is recognizing the situation and staying calm, staying cool about it. And just know that like these things are going to happen. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to have issues getting to the event. You're going to have times where you don't feel like going on stage. You're going to have times where the tech doesn't cooperate and something goes wrong or your session is cut short or cut long or whatever it may be, or these things that happen in the environment that you can't control. But I think the bottom line is, is as a speaker, remember, recognize what you can and can't control, recognize that the audience takes their cues from you. And I think you kind of touched on this is like, like not taking the environment or not taking yourself too seriously and laughing yeah. about it, shrugging it off. And it, uh, it makes a good story to share at some point in the future. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I just try to have a lot of fun up there. And I think if you're having fun, other people are having fun. And this is, you know, if you're talking about a serious topic, that's one thing. But I think so long as you seem kind of unflappable, and, and that comes with time. I think the first time any of these things happened, I don't know that we acted so cool, right? Like you were probably panicked when you got your flat tire. Like, my God, what am I going to do? Right. Totally. If you got a flat tire now, you're like, eh, I've been through this before. Don't worry about it. You know, we're going to, we'll make this happen. So, you know, those things come with time and just uh, save it in your file for next time. <laughs> yeah. One of the things speakers enjoy doing is we love sharing and comparing war stories mm-hmm. of this happened to me. Oh, check this out. This happened to me. <laughs> those things, they, they happen. And that's part of the business and that's part of life. And so the more you, you learn to deal with it, and and roll with it and uh, I think the better off you'll be. Definitely. And now they can all learn from our mistakes. Exactly. All right. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that, huh? Good stuff. Lots of things that can go wrong. Again, I hope you enjoyed some of those war stories that uh, Melanie shared, some of those things that I had to share. And once again, I would encourage you that if you, you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We don't want you to miss any episode of the show, and we'd love for you to continue tuning in. Make sure you don't miss next week. We're going to have another week four with Melanie and I discussing one more topic. We're gonna, Next week, we're going to be talking about the non-monetary perks of speaking and so how you can earn value beyond just a paycheck from speaking. So make sure that you uh, you check that episode out next week. All right, my friends, we'll catch you then. You're awesome.